Welcome to the Will Harris Show. This is episode two. Today, we're having a chat about astronomy with Smirin Muley. Welcome to the show, Smirin. Hello. Okay, so Smirin is into astronomy and aerospace engineering, and he started an astronomy club at his high school. So how are you doing, man? I'm pretty good. How are you, Will? Also pretty good. So I guess one of the biggest debates in the space world right now is publicly funded organizations versus privately funded. And I guess in America, at least the two most notable uh, organizations in those fields are NASA, which is funded by the US government, and SpaceX, which is a private company organized by Elon Musk. So what's your stance on this debate? All right, so um, uh, since they're funded different ways, they obviously have uh, kind of different goals so um, NASA's goal is to kind of do science in space and find new uh, things, new discoveries. So um, they're obviously going to like try and uh, get money to do science. Whereas um, SpaceX is more about making money from it or just, you know, uh, doing it to, to like colonize Mars. Or, that's like their end goal. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting debate. Uh, I mean, I don't think we should really use one over the other, but yeah. A combination of both. Yeah. So, um, actually, NASA is um, NASA works with private companies a lot. So, uh, for example, they uh, uh, NASA actually just uses private companies to put everything together. What I mean by that is like, um. They get funded by the government, but with that money, they use um, private organizations, for example, Lockheed Martin uh, and Northrop Grumman, uh, Grumman so, uh, to um, uh, fund or to help like build uh, right, like rockets and stuff. So, um, yeah, so they, they work um, with them. So. Mm. so, yeah, they can be a lot more efficient with private companies. And I guess mm -hmm. the CEO of SpaceX is a pretty interesting dude. He's known for his tweets and his appearance on the Joe Rogan experience. But yeah, Elon Musk is a pretty interesting dude. So what is his like end goal with SpaceX? What is his, I guess, number one reason for starting the company? Um, well, Elon Musk wanted to uh, hop onto the space business, I guess. Because, I mean, that's going to be like the next really big thing i guess uh is, is uh going to space uh at least eventually in the future mm -hmm. so he wanted to hop onto that and uh try and take advantage of it while he still could and um he, he pretty much did uh he's doing pretty well um spacex is uh right now they're doing uh tons of good stuff they're uh uh like for example they're uh working on the um uh uh starship right now uh, they just did, uh, they've had a couple of tests in the past few weeks and it, it looks like it's going well for them. Mm -hmm. So SpaceX has been very successful, but one of their biggest competitors is Blue Origin and their CEO is Jeff Bezos, who's a very powerful man, CEO of Amazon. And he also saw the potential in, I guess, the space economy, the growing economy, soon going to be very profitable, like he just said. So how is Jeff Bezos doing in space right now? If you um, he's doing pretty well. Um, I think uh, Jeff Bezos is like a tiny bit behind. Uh, I mean, Elon uh, kind of went when he uh, did SpaceX. 
he kind of just went all in and uh it it has definitely paid off he's doing pretty well right now um on the way though i mean he he definitely went all in but that also had its uh uh flaws i mean he uh he he was he he spent a lot of money on spacex and at first it was pretty much like completely failing uh their uh their kind of method was to do trial and error i guess um they had they crashed like uh, a hundred first stages or something while trying to land the first stage of uh, a Falcon 9 rocket. Um, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, and it, I guess it turned out well for him. Whereas um, Blue Origin, um, you don't hear as much about them, I feel like. Uh, yeah, they're sure. still uh, going, but I don't think they're like uh, going for high risk, high reward. I think they're playing it more safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think there's, we're going to see a lot more companies and powerful people like Bezos and Musk getting into this industry because there's just unlimited potential. Like, asteroid mining is going to produce the first trillionaire, according to like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I mean, asteroids and basically everything in space has so much potential for market. So, but what have these, like, companies achieved so far? So, NASA has obviously, like, won this, helped win the space race over 50 years ago, sent a man to the moon, but what has SpaceX like accomplished besides aiding NASA with like rockets and stuff? Mm-hmm. So SpaceX is uh, doing a lot of stuff right now. Um, like I said, uh, they uh, used the Falcon 9 rocket. They uh, uh, were able to land the first uh, stage, uh, the first reusable stage. Um, before, uh, what NASA was doing was uh, when they uh, with the space shuttle was once they launched. Uh, they just dropped their reusable uh, uh, side uh, tanks into the ocean, and they had to be recovered that way. Where SpaceX is actually able to land them, and that actually makes it a lot easier because you don't have to go into the. Uh, well, actually, they're also landing it in, on drone ships in the ocean, but uh, they don't have to. Uh, I guess, uh, like, reef. I guess, I don't know. <laughs> they. Uh, I guess there's more, it requires uh, more time and more money if it's like in the water. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a plus of landing it um, yeah, instead because, of Yeah, because like one of the biggest it. problems with space travel right now is that it's so expensive. Like just any type of space travel is expo- like so expensive as it's not even worth it for some scenarios like going to the, maybe to the moon or something. And yeah, I guess SpaceX making really big strides in efficiency. Hopefully that will progress humanity forward. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's the biggest difference with their budgets? Because I feel like NASA is kind of limited because right now I believe they're getting about a half a percent of the U.S.'s annually, annual annual budget, which is pretty limiting. I mean, it seems like a lot of money, but for what they want to accomplish, it's not a lot. But SpaceX is obviously privately funded, so they have. A, I feel like they have a lot more potential. So do you agree, mm-hmm. or do you think... NASA can do more with their funding. Um, I'm not exactly sure how much SpaceX gets. Um, I mean, they probably get a lot. Uh, from what I know, uh, Elon is taking a lot of the money from Tesla and pushing it into into SpaceX. Because right now, um, his co- uh, for those of you who don't know, he also is the CEO of Tesla, and I mean, Tesla is doing pretty well right now. It's it's making lots of money. So I mean, he can easily push that into um, into uh, uh, SpaceX, 
And um, SpaceX is doing pretty well. So, I mean, uh, I think they're using their money a little bit recklessly. Like I said, uh, with taking like of hundreds risks. of, yeah, taking a lot of risks. But it is paying off. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're calculated risks, and they they know if it fails, uh, how much of a loss it's going to be, and they're okay with it. Um, NASA, uh, like you said, they get half a percent uh, of the. Uh, uh, of the U.S. government's budget, um, which is, as you said, not a lot. Um, actually, most people think it's a lot more, and you would think so. I mean, they they have to build um, huge rockets, which cost t- uh, like millions of dollars. So uh, that's that's one of the reasons. Going back to uh, reusability, that's one of the reasons they're making everything reusable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You mentioned space tourism before. I guess space tourism was something we saw in science fiction a lot, but it seems like it's becoming a reality. So what do you mm-hmm. think the future of space tourism is? Like, do you think one day we'll just be able to take an elevator to space for like $1,000? Or do you think it'll be only like for the ultra rich? I, I don't know about a space elevator, but there is a company that's uh, working on space tourism. They're called Virgin Galactic. Um, and what they have right now is they have a, um, they have kind of a space plane. Um, they have it, at, uh, it's like a little plane that's attached to a bigger plane. They fly up, um, like a high altitude and they drop it and it, uh, fires like rocket boosters and it goes to like low earth orbit. And, um, while they're there, they, they can have like passengers and stuff and they can like see space, I guess, and like float around. But I mean, it's, it's not like proper proper space tourism and i i think they are eventually going for like proper space tourism uh and maybe who knows way in the future uh they might do it to mars or something who knows but uh yeah they uh that's their plan uh, and i think they're selling tickets for pretty expensive but yeah yeah so space tourism i guess one of the more exciting things that private companies are planning on doing one of the most important ones is terraforming Mars and just exploring Mars in general. So as of right now, there's been no human being who has stepped foot on Mars, but a lot of companies want to change that. So what exactly are their plans to do so? All right, so um, for Mars, there's obviously NASA and then there's also SpaceX. So um, NASA, what they want to do is go to the moon first. They have like a plan, they have a rocket um, called the Space, La- Space Launch System. Um, and it's basically like a, a, um, uh, a Saturn V kind of, but like stronger and a lot bigger. Um, they're going to go to the moon with it first. And then, uh, they're going to like look at the water there. Uh, like I said, their, their missions are different. NASA is more for science. So they're going to, there's water ice on the moon, uh, in the poles. So, uh, they're going to take a look at that and see, uh, what they can find from that about the origins of our solar system. From there, after testing the SLS, uh, they're they're gonna take it to um, Mars and uh, uh, I guess do uh, look at Martian uh, soil uh, and do stuff with that. Uh, one of the main reasons we're actually wait. Let me talk about uh, SpaceX's plans first. SpaceX is not planning on going um, to the moon. They're planning on going straight to Mars, uh, and what they're using is Starship, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. and. Um, so far, they've just uh, pretty much um, done a couple of tests to see uh, if to control sh- Starship. Um, the most recent test, uh, they launched Starship. Uh, it was like a week ago or so. 
they launched Starship, um, and they were almost able to get it to land back down, but unfortunately it came down a little too fast, and uh, it exploded, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I know Elon Musk's, like, long-term goals is terraforming, terraforming Mars, and eventually having, like, human civilizations on Mars. So, do you think that's feasible in the near future, or just at all, do you think that's feasible? I think it's feasible. Um, maybe, probably in the next 75 years, I'd say we'd be able to years. get there. Wow. Yeah, at, like, uh, I'd say that's, like, average. I mean, well, at least for, okay, so there's a couple of things here. So, uh, I'll talk about Elon's plans on Mars first. So, Elon, um, is obviously trying to go to Mars, and I think it will probably be feasible, um, I think he's uh, trying to go for something like uh, something like what you can see in the movie The Martian, mm -hmm. if you've seen that. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's going for that, but like kind of bigger. If you've seen like, uh, there's a famous picture of like what he wants it to look like with like, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like labs everywhere and like a city kind of. Like an underground so, um, city thing. No, no, no. Uh, the picture was like overground. It's oh, it's, really? it's a pretty good image, yeah. But um, that was a. Uh, that was an interesting idea. I think I think eventually we could do it. Um, yeah. Uh, what what else was I going to talk about? I was going to talk about something else. Oh yeah. So um, NASA is also going there uh, to do um, climate research, which is pretty interesting. Oh yeah. For um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're probably wondering, wait, why why is NASA doing it on Mars? I mean, we we already have climate change on Earth. Why don't we just do it here? Um, but the truth is that um, planets like Mars and Venus kind of already had uh, climate change happen to them over millions of years. So um, if we go there, we can kind of study how it happened naturally. And uh, I guess we, by studying it, we can try and stop it from happening on Earth. Mm -hmm. So it's a, yeah, pretty yeah. interesting idea. So I just like, don't really see how, like space travel is already so expensive. So how would people will be able to ship, like, thousands of humans to Mars to make it actually useful for humanity. And that's the that's the main problem right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they, they have I guess to that's what SpaceX is doing, reducing the price. Yeah, SpaceX is, uh, uh, both NASA and SpaceX are working hard to reduce the price. Um, SpaceX is working, uh, like, the re reusable rocket booster, uh, and I'm sure they're going to try and make more and more parts reusable. So that should be interesting. I guess no. NASA. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So NASA, uh, on the other hand, they have um, the SLS system, which is the Space Launch System. Um, they're trying to, I guess it's kind of like a Saturn V. Um, I don't know how much of it is reusable. I think the boosters on the side are going to be reusable. Um, the Saturn V did not have the boosters on the side, so, uh, I mean that that's probably one reusable part of it that makes it cheaper. Um, another difference between uh, uh, then this is an interesting difference between a Saturn V and and the SLS is that the Saturn V actually needed a lot of manual input from the astronauts. The astronauts kind of had to fly um, the ship, whereas Saturn or uh, whereas SLS is like mostly um, uh, mostly autonomous. Like you you could do a, a mission like around the moon. Uh, I think they're even uh, able to land on it and take off again, all autonomously without humans. And that's their plan. They're going to test a mission uh, to the moon um, without astronauts first, make sure it goes off, uh, goes on uh, without a hitch. 
and then they're going to uh, send astronauts food. So they're being extra safe with it, which is good. Yeah, that's really good. But another problem with Mars or any travel in space is that instant communication is actually impossible because it turns out that the speed of light is actually pretty slow. So if you were to send like a message to Earth from Mars, it would take 20 minutes in total for the message to get to, to Mars and back to Earth. So yeah, instant communication would be impossible. So it's like, there's no way to get instant communication for an emergency, which is going to be a big problem we'll have to resolve. Yeah, so um, that's the thing about these uh, 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 these kind of things. So, um, I mean, Mars, uh, it takes 20 minutes to uh, get there and back, uh, to send a message from there and back. So, like, uh, the rovers right now um, uh, that are on Mars, it takes, uh, like, two hours for it to move, like, a meter or something like that. Oh, wow. So, yeah, just because they, they have to make sure, like, everything is safe around it. Mm-hmm. And to do that with, like... Uh, uh, the delay, um, it's it's pretty hard. So um, that should be interesting. But once astronauts are there, uh, they won't need as much communication, especially since um, uh, the SLS system is controlled autonomously. Uh, it should be fine. Um, yeah. So another huge problem with Mars is that, like, compared to the Earth, so basically any planet compared to the Earth is, like, horrible. Because, like, we have evolved to every single circumstance on the Earth. So basically, the Earth compared to any planet is basically a paradise. And yeah, so we need to like we need to be able to terraform Mars. And like, there's so many problems. Like for example, there, there's a lot more gravity on Mars. So if we were to instantly go there, our bones would eventually shatter because or be compressed there, because of the gravity. There's less gravity. On Mars. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a third of the gravity of less Earth gravity? on Mars. Okay, my bad. Yeah. And also, yeah, so, there's, like, no ozone layer, so we'd all get fried by the ozone. So, I guess, how do we resolve those issues? Mm-hmm. So, in the short term, um, I mean, obviously, we can't just go walk outside without a spacesuit or something. And uh, I think uh, the most, I guess, the best thing to do would just to do what, like, the International Space Station has and have, like, airlocks uh, to go um, in and out of, like, I guess, uh, airtight areas. Uh, that they would have that uh, would be um, pressurized uh, that would have everything um, that would be the short term goal I don't know how we would I don't think we could fix Mars's atmosphere I don't think that would be possible honestly uh, uh, not only because I mean uh, it would just be incredibly hard but if you look at where it is on in the solar system there's a reason it lost its at- atmosphere um, if you see where the sun is and where Mars is, uh, and where Earth is, Earth has an atmosphere because it's in uh, the Goldilocks zone. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll talk about that in a second too. But um, it's close enough where the the atmosphere won't freeze and like just fall apart, and it's not too close where it will just get blasted off. So um, yeah. So Mars, uh, I I don't think we could ever do that. It, it's just uh, in the wrong place. So you just mentioned the Goldilocks zone. Another problem with Mars not being in the Goldilocks zone is that it's too cold for human life right now, or it's too cold for sustainable life. So how can we resolve that? Because I know I don't know if this is true, but I saw somewhere that Elon Musk wanted to like blow something up on Mars to make it warmer, or like blow up the poles or something. So is there any way to resolve the temperature? Um, 
I don't know. I'm pretty sure Elon wanted to try and nuke Mars. Yeah. But I, I don't know uh, how well that would work. I mean, it might. Who knows? But uh, honestly, I, I don't know what we could do to, to help the climate. I mean, we could obviously just wear spacesuits, and I think that's just the best uh, thing that we could do. It's, the, it's probably a lot cheaper than nuking Mars in multiple places and trying to fix, fix its atmosphere. Yeah. So basically, I think most of the viewers think everything we talked about so far is boring. And the only interesting thing about space is aliens. So where are all the aliens? We see them in all our science fiction movies and books. Like, why haven't we seen any aliens yet? So um, there's a lot of reasons. Um, okay, so first, uh, I'll talk about why we don't see aliens a lot. So um, we as Earth is are very, very small, and our sun is also a very small star. We are a small solar system in a huge galaxy, mm-hmm. in like a huge, in in the huge gigantic universe, right? Yeah. Um, looking at other planets and like exoplanets and stuff is um pretty hard, uh, especially uh, as they get further and further away. Um, it gets harder and harder to look at the planets because of um, something called redshift. Um, congrats, you got a subscriber. <laughs> um, but uh, for um, redshift, uh, as stuff gets uh, further and further away because of the way light bends and stuff, it gets redder. Um, sometimes we can actually see uh, what uh, the planet or star because the light uh, can be bent around another star because of mm-hmm. gravity. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it's it's pretty interesting. That's called gravitational lensing. So sometimes you can't see pretty far away, but that's only in special cases. Most of the time we can only see kind of in our own bubble. And uh, we've kind of, we've pretty much searched it and uh, we haven't found any. Um, the way we actually search um, the uh, these like, areas is we look at um something called the goldilocks zone that i mentioned earlier yeah um the goldilocks zone is um a place uh far enough away from a star where it's uh not too cold but it's also not too hot for water so for example yeah for water so for example earth is like perfectly Mm -hmm. right there um we have oceans liquid oceans we have um uh, pretty much perfect environment. Uh, a pretty much perfect environment. Yeah, Earth um, is a paradise compared to any other planet, basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we found um, other planets in habitable zones with with liquid water. Uh, they've got large oceans. Uh, there's even uh, some that are super habitable. Um, but we really can't tell if there's life on it. We're just too far away to see that, um, or uh, at, at least any intelligent or. Yeah, we can't tell if there's. Uh, I mean, we probably could tell if there were there was intelligent life. We would see like lights and stuff, but um, I mean, we can't see any microbial life, and that's kind of what NASA's mainly looking for with these uh, habitable planets, because intelligent life is is very rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, microbial life, not so much, and we could possibly find something like that uh, in habitable planets. So, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. So. I guess there's this paradox called the Thermi, Fermi paradox. It basically goes that, let's say 0.1% of all of the pl- planets in our galaxy are in the Goldilocks zone. That leaves like billions of planets. And like out of those billions of planets, we'd expect at least one of them to have conquered our galaxy by now. Because 
because our galaxy is like 13 billion years old. So, like, if our galaxy has been around for that long, and there are millions of planets that can sustain life, I guess it's leading some scientists to believe that intelligent life like ours is just like insanely rare. It's only on our planet. So, do you think there is could be intelligent life on other planets? I honestly definitely think there is there is uh, intelligent life. So somewhere. why haven't they discovered us yet, though? It's the next so question. why haven't they discovered us? If well, our universe has been a lot around at, for thirteen years. Look at where we are. Years. Have we have we conquered the galaxy yet? Of course not. So um, I mean, there it is obvious that our our um, solar system is pretty young. Uh, Earth is uh, four point six billion years old, I believe. Yeah, where the, very where the young universe is thirteen universe, billion yeah. years old. So um. It took a while after those 13 billion years for um, planets to start forming. And um, where we are today, there's a lot more planets than there were, let's say, 4.6 billion years ago. Um, so a lot of planets formed, obviously. So, um, I mean, it takes a lot of... Uh, it, the planet has to be in the Goldilocks zone, and uh, it has to have like perfect conditions for life. And like you said, that leaves billions of... Um, uh, planets um but i mean what are the chances that they're um more uh they're further along uh in uh than us and uh i i mean how do you even know that it's possible to conquer an entire galaxy well let's look at our own um hu humanity on our own planet so like twelve thousand years ago we invented agriculture and now we sent a, a person to the moon like at that at that rate of progress like in 10,000 years, who knows what we could do. And the universe will exist for like millions and millions of more years. And just 12,000 years is like nothing on the universal scale. So if we can make this much project progress in this short amount of time, like it seems like there would be another intelligent species that made the same progress, but millions of years ago, or even thousands of years ago and conquered the, could have conquered the galaxy by now. But yeah, like you said, we don't know if that's even possible. The galaxy is very large, but who knows? Yeah. So have we found... And who like, knows, they might have found us and just not told us. Yeah, they might have saw that, oh, there's this stupid species trashing their oceans, and their planet's warming, they're not doing anything about it. So they just, yeah. um, they're not going to contact us, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they just don't want to... Maybe they realize, like... Okay, this is this is all theoretical. Maybe, yeah. like, maybe they realize, like, uh, we were, like, I don't know. I don't know. It would like cause bad things if they interacted with us or something. So, so it's actually interesting that you're speculating that what would they do if they saw us? Because Stephen Hawking thought that they would enslave us, and that's not based on his knowledge of aliens. That's based on our own history. Because, for example, what an advanced type of uh, species of humans or tribe of humans found another less advanced tribe, they enslaved them or terrorized them. That's what we saw like 500 years ago with Christopher Columbus. That's what we saw in many other scenarios. So it made Stephen Hawking and even me to think that if an alien species that's more advanced than us somehow found us, that they would probably enslave us. Because that's what we—that's what humans did to other humans. So yeah, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, so scenario. so that's what um that that's a interesting idea. Um, if if humans and that's what they think that would happen if uh, humans found uh, a civilization um inferior to us we would uh we would def we would probably enslave them and use them uh use their planet um i i don't know <laughs> honestly uh what would happen if that would happen if uh 
um, another uh, intelligent species, uh, I guess, uh, came to Earth and uh, interacted with us. Um, I mean, who knows if they even think like humans? Uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. There's no way to imagine what they look like. Mm-hmm. So earlier on this episode, you mentioned that NASA was doing some research on Mars for climate change. So is there anything else they're doing for climate change here on Earth to any solutions or any science-y things they're doing? Yeah, they're doing a lot of stuff with climate change. Um, so they're doing a lot. So they're, uh, let's see, uh, on Mars, they're, they're obviously looking at like uh, the atmosphere and stuff. And they're doing the same thing with Venus, which has had, uh, which is, I guess, more representative of what will happen on Earth. Um, in uh, in Venus, it's like uh, the uh, the temperature is like really really hot. You uh, you can actually melt uh, a lead ca- cannonball on the surface of Venus that oh, it's that crazy. hot. Yeah. So uh, and it rains like sulfur or something, sulfur dioxide or something. So um, I mean, they're looking uh, like a lot into Venus for what will happen to Earth. Because um, that's pretty much what ha- uh, what's going to happen on Earth, but much faster than it happened on Venus if if uh, we don't do anything about climate change. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that 